You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locked to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, Yes, even the one from this podcast. And if during that game, that team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. So yeah, this might even work for you if you're listening to this. This year's teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So you know what you got to do, right? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Folks, how's everyone doing out there? The ruler of the pod... Ooh, y'all know I'm a little tired. <laughs> tired of the season. It's the ruler of the court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I am your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. And guess who's back? Miss Lamika. Yeah, the ever-positive, optimistic Kings observer. She's not even a fan. She just... She only pays attention to the team because of my job, and she's so optimistic, and I always have to be the bearer of bad news and tell her this shit's going to fall apart, and last time she was on, she seemed to spark a good streak. Team started playing well, one ended up on a five-game losing streak, but as I've said about the Kings over the past decade plus, 
when it comes to the Kings, things will go from sugar to shit. And it's done that again. They've now lost six in a row going into Monday's game at New Orleans. So perhaps, uh, my, I don't know, I'm called, you know, you want to be called the queen. Queen of the court. Okay, you know, I don't refer to you as queen normally, but, you know. Wow. I mean, I, I, I don't say that's my queen. I mean, that's almost kind of. Maybe you should. It's kind of corny. You, Maybe you, you should. That's kind of corny. <laughs> You'd be like, why are you calling me the queen? You, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't call you my king either, so I guess. Or the ruler. Yeah, you're the oh. ruler of this court. Okay. But, okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and continue <laughs> since people got stuff to say. But we're going to talk about the kings and some other stuff, of course. Uh, but let's just kind of just go jump, just jump right into it. You know, no need to, to delay it. Uh, I've, I pondered this as I was driving earlier, and I've you know, I've probably spent way too much time away from like work thinking about this. When it comes, like, but why can't the king just get right? Like, there's always something. You know, I wrote an article earlier in the year about how it's always something. Just always in the something, and it's never productive. Just, oh, like you look at the situation now. You make a trade. You bring in four new guys. Three guys are in the rotation. After about two or three games, those three guys look more excited about trying to get to the playoffs than the guys that have been on the team. You know, we had to hear more about last week about playing down to the competition, which is, of course, hilarious when you are down competition. That's like being the ugly girl in the club and being like, man, I ain't talking to him. He's ugly. Like Y'all should be together because y'all both ain't no one trying to talk to either one of y'all. And that's where the kings are when it comes to to talking about playing down the competition. And, and here's what makes it so so maddening about them. They go to Utah on Saturday, last Saturday, and put up a pretty damn good effort against a team with the best record in the league just two nights after laying down against the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And then, which was preceded by losing to the team with the worst record in the NBA. A team that is so bad, has been so bad this year in Minnesota that the Houston Rockets lost 20 in a row and still had a better record than the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, if I was a Kings fan, I'd, I'd understand why you might go into your brown liquor cabinet, clear liquor cabinet, any cabinet, you know, maybe go, I don't, I, you know, whatever your vice is, visit a dispensary, I don't know what you would do. But to see how they came out with so much spirit, and they lost a the game, but. They had they play with so much more spirit against a good team, but they go through that whole you know we're playing you know sometimes we don't get up for the lower competition. Hello, you are lower competition. Like bad teams look at you and say we can get that one. You know, <laughs> I just don't understand it, and it's been this way for a long time. This is why I say when it comes to the Kings, you kind of do like this. My band in WWE, Seth Rollins says we got to burn it down. You guys just strip this thing down to the core and peel back all these layers of dysfunction and consistency you know a team looking like it has no heart on the court all you got to peel all that stuff away find out what the root of it is and just try to rebuild start all over i mean forgot they got an injured player marvin bagley the third who has been given who has been allowed to go rehab away from the team and People are, and I. my thing with that is just that, that if, number one, that's weird. But it's the king, so it's not too weird, but it's weird. And secondly, people are, might take that as a sign of, 
oh man, they ain't got no control. Or whereas I take it as that's the team saying, we don't really care about Marvin Bagley. We'll just see you whenever you can start playing again. Like any other team, you know, or any other job, you're like you're if you if someone's really important to you, mm-hmm. you want them there as they're getting better. Like if my if if I was sick and I couldn't write for a while, and my job was like and and the job, my job had the option of saying you know what we're gonna check on you make sure you're good or say you know what, whenever you feel better you know let us know. We'll check on you and all, but you know, don't worry. Don't don't worry about coming around or communicating. You know, don't come by. You know, in, in a pre-COVID world, don't come by the office and you know, let us see how you're doing, how your health is. You know, we'll just get back to you. Matter of fact, go. I don't know. You know, you're based in Northern California. Just go to Texas somewhere and get better, and just come back whenever you feel like it. So I mean, that's all going on with the Kings. Yeah, that's a lot. Now you see, now y'all see why I drink sometimes. <laughs> Not because I'm like a Kings fan. I'm just like I'm sick of this. I'm just like, can't y'all just be a regular bad team? You know, and this goes back to even when I covered the NFL, when I covered the Raiders. And why, after not covering them, I had to like detox them from my system for three years before I could even go around them like in a casual manner because I was like disgusted by being around them so much. Somebody who worked with the Raiders once told me the Detroit Lions win three, four, five games every year and they just lose and no one cares. He said, How come we got to lose, win three, four, five games and always got something going on? And that's what it feels like with the Kings. Now you got people want to they want to fire the coach, they want to get rid of the players, they want to do it, you know, everything. So you got, I, you got any optimism for me? <laughs> okay. So the whole, you know, drafting or picking up some more players and that that kind of goes back to when are you going to have a consistent stable team? They don't have it. And then if you have one of your key players, possible leaders, you know, away doing whatever, that doesn't help either. Because that's part of this inconsistency, dysfunction situation. It's, It's all, it all goes together. So they have not, as I've said in the past, when we talk about the teamwork, the gelling, the consistency, Everything being healthy, you know, every player healthy, having consistent people on the team. They don't have it going. So, yeah, I tried, y'all. I did. But there's there's this team dynamics is that is just not there right now. So broke her spirit. She was so optimistic. And I tried tried to warn her. He's rubbed off on me, y'all. He's rubbed off on me. I tried to warn her. I said, it's going going to end terribly. But, you know. You know what? If I still give him a pass, in a sense, because if this was the team, if all the players they just picked up had been there from day one of the, you know, the season, first day of the season till now, and that, and and they were sorry like that. That's one thing. But these, you know, you got people coming in and out, you know, health issues and that, or injuries. So they don't. It's hard to be a 
playoff team when you have all these. If they make the playoffs, that would be a miracle, considering the year that they had. Yeah, and they've got a, they, you know, they've still got a chance to yeah to get in the you know, which is crazy. They they even have a chance still. You know, I don't understand how they do. You know, yeah, they got a chance, but I don't buy into it at all. Just like yeah, whatever. I mean. I don't want to hear playoffs from a team talking about we played down to the competition when you yeah, are a, you were a losing team. I don't want to hear about the playoffs. I'm like, can y'all figure out how to play hard consistently every game? Mm-hmm. You know, and some people would say changing the coach might change that. And I understand that line of thinking. And But here's my thing here's on my that. Answer. Here's my thing. Say you, you fire Luke Walton, okay? People be like, yay, we fired Luke Walton. It's going to get better. No, it's not all going to get better. Mm-mm. Because you still have an issue of the NBA is a grown man's league, and if you need a, another grown man to motivate you to do your job, there's a deeper issue. There's a deeper, as I see it, leadership issue with this team so, that, that goes beyond just the coaches. Because they've had different coaches, and it's been the same, same thing. Result, yeah. When the pressure comes on of the season, when you get to the point where it's like, hey, if we actually play well now. We can make the playoffs, you know, when when good teams, when this is the time of the year when good teams take it up a notch or two, mm-hmm. shoot, you know, but for the Kings, this is always the time of the year where they take it down like three notches, like, oh my God, it's getting tough. And it's time to get ready for vacation. And that's what I see. That's what I see. I see a team that's, quite honestly, for the most part, they're ready to be, they're ready to go home. So whose decision was it for Marvin to... They, the they're team. saying it, you know, they think it's an organizational thing, but, you know, your GM, he has to sign off on stuff like that. You know, even if, say, say for example, this is not, I'm not saying this happened, but it did Say, for example, Luke Walton got pissed off, like, I hate Marvin, get him out of here. Mm. Even with that, Marvin couldn't get, couldn't just leave unless it was signed off on by people above him. Okay. And my little theory is that. What, maybe Marvin thinks this is a cool thing. He ain't got to be around the team right now. But my theory is this. And just talking to people as well. What if they let him do this so that when you get to the summer and you trade him for next to nothing, you can say, see, he wasn't even a good teammate. He got hurt and didn't even want to be around his teammates. Mm. Maybe because, you know, it's no secret that the team looked and explored, you know, possibly trading him. And his value just wasn't there. But if you allow him to paint himself as a malcontent, you know, it's like, okay, we understand why they have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes you might be playing yourself. You know, I hope that's not what, you know, what he's doing. But to me, I wouldn't rule it past, you know, them saying, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and go home. And then you're taking notes like, yeah, he didn't want to be here. You know, sometimes because somebody says you can do it, don't mean you should do it. Right. You know, and, you know, the, the team's struggling and whatnot. I, I just, I wonder, because, I mean, we're, we're around the time where Marvin's going to be, should be getting close to being cleared, to at least come back around or get an update on his condition. I wonder how the guy's going to look at a guy who got hurt and left, as opposed to the other guys who get hurt and work out, you know, and stay with the team. I wonder how they're going to look at that, just a guy who got hurt and left can't be a good look can't it can't go well over in the locker room i think so no, i i agree with you on that yeah so they well they got new orleans coming up 
uh, today, and that should be interesting because you know Luke Walton changed. They changed the starting lineup. They put Tyrese Halliburton back with the second unit, trying to find some mix or something. They put Mo Harkless in the starting lineup in part not because you had some big teams coming up, and if you look at what was happening to the Kings defensively with that smaller lineup, especially when the losing started. All the, the smart teams did was and say, you know what, we're going to find Buddy Hield on defense and attack him with whoever we got. I mean, that Laker game a couple of weeks ago, I mean, literally any time Kyle Kuzma saw him, he was like, oh, I'm scoring. Shoot, the other night, Corey Joseph, former King, Corey Joseph, my buddy, Corey, I like, I like Kojo, you know, I make no secret about that. I think Kings fans were really unfairly harsh on him this season. I don't understand how on a team where he's your eighth guy or whatever, why he got the brunt of so much hate from the fans. But he came in and kicked the King's ass. And you know what it looked like Corey did? It was like it looked like Corey was like, hey, y'all, I played with these guys. They soft. Punt, push them around. They going to fold. He said, watch me. I'm going to go in there and do it to them too. And that's what happened. And for years, the label on the King has been they're soft. That if you push them, they ain't going to fight back. And to be a playoff team, you got to have some fight. And I don't see that fight in this group. I just don't see it. I don't see that collective, like, it's almost like, I mean, I think on this team, if you push somebody right in their chest, I don't know if anybody would get mad. And to me, you got you to gotta have a little more fight. So I don't know if I want to just crap on the Kings anymore. I feel like I was... <laughs> You know, you should. Can you lead me in a different direction, maybe, my my queen? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, season's not quite over. Um, you know, we'll see how it winds up. I'm hoping that um, even though I am a pseudo New Orleans fan, um, I'm going to be optimistic. Oh, you're a pseudo New Orleans, whatever. For the home, the home state, the home state, that's why. Just like I'm a pseudo Saints fan, you know? It's in there. Anyway, um, good luck, Kings. Y'all got this. Keep pushing. It's going to be, I think there's opportunity there. So Mm -hmm. if not this year, then if they keep the players and everybody stays healthy, then next year could be a good year. So, mm-hmm. but one one game at a time. Okay, so you're you're not in the all is lost for them category. Yet. No, if they still have have a shot, then you know, like you said, with some of the newer people on the team um, that are bringing some energy and you know and some some effort there, then it's possible. Okay, I'm trying to to. No, well, I'm not even trying. I don't. Even, I'm just like it is what it is at this point. You know. We'll see. Because I'm like, to... hey, if they don't care, why should I care? I get it. I understand. Yeah, that's what I'm mad to. But until it's over, until it's over. Just so y'all know, now that she's declared this, I said until it's over. Now that she's declared that till it's over, watch them win like seven in a row. Now that'd be nice. Watch them just like go on a tear. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It would be. Because it, it, to me, it's crazy because it's like, it would be great. Yeah, they win seven in a row and turn around and lose nine in a row again or something crazy. 
that means I need to be on a little more often. That's all. Consistency. Consistency. Exactly. The only thing consistent about them is their inconsistency. We'll see. Yeah, I thought it was very telling after the game Saturday where Mo Harkless said, when I got here, energy was great. You know, we were winning, but then we started losing there. The energy changed, and we had to figure out how to not let that, the the, the losing change how we approach the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, and I've heard that before about this team, and to me, it's coded language for, not even coded, you know, listening. They got to be mentally tough. And this is the third year of, hey, we've got a chance to make the playoffs. And then when it's time to try to make the playoffs, oh, dang, we, I don't, no, no, thank you. We're just going to go ahead and, you know, you, you know, what did Pac say? It's all over now. Take it like a man. Like, just give us surrender. Okay. We really don't want to make the playoffs. We're cool. So. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, this, okay. is, this is making me sad talking about them, but. We're going to transition, even though our this week's musical topic is a sad one. No, rest in peace to DMX. But we're going to talk about some of DMX's music, and that's going to make me feel better. The music of DMX will make me feel better because I texted my boy Osei, who lives down in Southern California. When we were in college at Cal, he was the biggest DMX fan I knew. Like, and actually, back in 2019, the Queen and I. I could see DMX live at the once time in the summertime in the LBC, mm-hmm. uh, or no, it's the Once Upon a Time in the LBC festival. And the cool part about that was I forgot how many songs that DMX did I liked. I forgot because you know that was like the like my my in like my sophomore junior year senior like all that point. DMX was heavy up in the dorms, and I you know I had homies. I wasn't living in the dorms. That was like. I come hang out, and we'd be blasting DMX because he was like barking and growling, and then we watch Monday Night Raw because that was back during the Attitude Era where they like literally had women walking around in bikinis for some reason in a wrestling show. We didn't care; we were young and full of energy, listening to DMX, and and I kind of just think about just you know the fact that first off, wow, he was only fifty, which yeah. you know. You know, yeah. Yeah, and I always talk about we always as kids we never because rap was so new when we were growing up we never thought about what our what rappers would look like when they got old because <laughs> everyone was always young so it's like it was just beautiful for me that DMX they got they got to do the verses last year with Snoop and we got to like you you know that was another like reminder of how much music he gave us that I liked and enjoyed and. Like the party anthems, and I was listening to uh, I think it was on a Joe Budden's podcast. They're talking about like just dis- like how many people have a discography as good as DMX's, mm-hmm. and it was like there aren't ten people with a better like who you know who had a run like he had a hell of a run from like that ninety eight that like that man you had two number one albums in one year, crazy. You know, now you know nowadays if you're really good, you drop an album once every two, three years. You had two, you know, and this was like pre-era of guys. You know, back then you had to make an album like an hour long. It wasn't these like you know, ten songs that were like three and a half minutes, and that was an album. Like you had to like have like stuff heat, and DMX had that. So, in honor of DMX, 
I don't know. I, I, I of DMX, my birthday twin. Yeah, her birthday twin. My Sagittarius birthday twin. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was wild. You know how y'all are. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably should be scared. <laughs> you should be. No oh, more. <laughs> but I was. I, I've been listening to a lot of exes. I kind of go around on my. You know, my my. I, I run by the marina for exercise, trying to get in shape. You know, and. And a lot of my favorite DMX songs were actually some of his features. Because, you know, his voice has to be one of the most top three as far as distinctive voices in hip-hop history. So that, that it's like, it was like he was growling on the record. But you understood. It was, it was like, it was, it's, it's so distinct. So I came up with my five, or not five, I think it was six, favorite songs that featured DMX. And what did you come up with? We have some overlap, but... My my favorite, and I played it on Friday. You know, after I got my hair done, mm. it was up in here. I was in the car. I'm not mm. gonna sing a rap, but mm-hmm. you know, that's like that was my jam mm-hmm. back in the day. I wore it out back then. I played it on Friday, mm-hmm. bumping all the way down the street. See, yes. I didn't even know she was in the DMX like that back in the day. You know? She got this whole secret side of her music likings. She'd be like, oh, you know. I'm multifaceted. Yeah, see, and D, I call that DMX's party bag. Like he had, a, he had a bunch of just like party anthems. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it came on at the party, and he's like, like I said, I was in college then, so it was like, mm-hmm. stop, drop, shut him down, open up. Mm-hmm. Like who didn't want to be a rough, I mean, who who didn't want to be a rough rider? You know, by then, you know, <laughs> Death Row was kind of. Fa- I'm like, oh, who gonna be the hardest crew? Like I wasn't a bad. I couldn't have been like a bad boy dude. I couldn't have wore the shiny stuff. I couldn't have a, a shiny suit. But I could have rolled with Rough Riders. You know, they was rough. And you know, like like that's why the locks had to get off a of bad boy and get with the Rough Rider because they was rough and they wasn't trying to be up there dancing and, and they shiny stuff with puffy. <laughs> so I was so yeah so. Back, you know, back to what we were talking about. I just said my number one. Okay. Like, my number one. And I'll let you know when my other ones are where we... Uh, uh, overlap. Overlap, okay. yep. So, I'm going to give you my favorite songs featuring DMX. And number one, for me, is Money Cash Holes with Jay-Z. And on that CD, yeah, you know, for you youngsters, we still had the CD, the CD player we carried... I played that thing on repeat, and back in the day, if I didn't get a flight back home, back to Long Beach from Berkeley, I would take the Greyhound over the, the like the late night Greyhound bus, and so I would get on the bus, you know, whatever how late it was, and I would ride the Greyhound down, and I would play this song on repeat. You know, I don't know, just his whole. That his whole verse on that song is just so just so like raw and real, you know. I, I'm not gonna try to quote it, but you know, I give y'all your music homework, and if you ain't up on that, go you know, go you, you go look that up. Jay Z and DMX. That is one of the best DMX. Just you know, you know DMX and my dog. You know my dog Spike. You know. No, yeah, so yeah, it's I, I love that song. I've been playing it again on repeat again because it just takes me back to a real cool time when I was young. I might have been I might have been twenty when that came out. Twenty twenty one, maybe twenty one. I don't know, but I was all about that song. 
That was that was like my real one of my real early introductions to DMX. Your anthem back then. <laughs> well, I I had none of those. I had no. I I I had I didn't have no money, cash, nor hoes. Okay. I was straight square L seven. I didn't have none of that. So, my next one was when DMX got with my favorite rapper of all time, Ice Cube, for the We Be Clubbing remix. No, that's that's an overlap. Okay, because the version with DMX is actually better than the original version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, East meets West is going down. Mm-hmm. You know. Just the beats on it, mm-hmm. just everything about it. Yeah, nice what did Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DMX, they keep them coming in twos. I was like, yes. Yeah, come on, DMX, come through. And I was like, this dude got on cute, you know. Everybody who know me know Cube is my goat. He's to me, he's the greatest of all time. So for me, when Cube co-signed X, I was like, X is that dude, and he like killed that song. You know, he got on there with that that that. <laughs> mm. No. So you know, my next one, I got. I got uh, DMX when you know jumping on there with J.O. Felony and Method Man. I can give it to you, but what you gonna do with it? Oh, okay. You know I can give it to you, but you know yeah. So that was yeah. So I got that on there. Mm-hmm. Followed by Money Power Respect, where you know he's on there with the Locks, you know, and Lil Kim. That's the overlap. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got some decent chasing music. I'm kind of proud of you. <laughs> See, you learn something new every mm-hmm. day. And then I've got uh, from uh, from back, no, no, come back in one piece with with Aaliyah. Oh yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, cause he just Aaliyah was just so like Aaliyah, just so like pr- you no know, pretty and delicate, and then he's on there. And sweet. Yeah, and then he's like, what, what, what? That's my man's in them. And I couldn't remember where I started saying that. I got that from DMX. Cause I was listening to old music, you know, the intro, you know, <laughs> you know, the old that intro uh, from the, from the debut, and I was like, why do I keep? Where was that? Because then comes back. That's my man's in them. That was him. Because on the intro, they like you know the Rough Rider, you know, they taking over the game. He's like, that's my man's in them. That's my man's in them. And we used to say that all the time. I don't think people really realize how big X was. Especially these youngsters, like was DMX good? DMX was DMX was more popular than Jay Z. DMX was like that dude. I don't think DMX had to even. I mean, you could I could I could argue that for a span, the two most popular rappers were DMX and Eminem. Like Jay was like Jay, but Jay was not like. Not like he was not like uh, X. So uh, I digress. And, and he was an actor. Yeah. So you know. Mm-hmm. And my other favorite one, I have four, three, two, one. LL Cool J, Cannabis, Method Man. You get a couple of things with Method Man, you know. But yeah. So that you know. Yeah. So those are my my favorite DMX musical memories. You know, or at least his features, because you know, 
you know, cause even going back to the verses he did, that kind of got me digging back more into X and like what I remember, you know, when I remember what I liked and, you know, and so yeah, there's, there's way more, but I just wanted to kind of narrow it down to his features because when he jumped on your song, he left a mark on that song. Some guys, like they do like throwaway features. Like they they be on anyone's stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But when he was on your stuff, it was a memory. So, you got anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say? Just that the Romeo Must Die and some of the other movies he played in. Um, he, you know, he was multifaceted too. You know, talented in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, will miss what he what he brought. And I love his last, uh, his last movie appearance. The uh, it was, maybe it wasn't his last, but it was one of his last from a uh, top five of Chris Rock when he oh. was in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, what you doing here? I'm X. <laughs> <laughs> I'm X. I'm in here. <laughs> and it was, it's like, yeah, it's just you know, we lost a, lost one of the great ones in hip hop and. You know, and I tell everyone when I re, you know, I remember this last earlier this year watching that uh B it was B T the the documentary on Rough Riders, and you know learning more about his life growing up. And I said his life was both a miracle and a tragedy at the same time. It's a miracle he made it to fifty. When you learn the things he went through as a child and the thing that his mother did to him and just. Some of the pain, you know, yeah, he, you know, he had crime. He was a criminal in, in certain, in, you know, talking about the story how, you know, him robbing people with taking the dog around to rob people because he had no food. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Some of the things that happened to him that probably are still happening to kids, you know, but it's also a miracle. And, you know, thank God for hip hop for getting him and allowing him to help the people he could help through hip hop. And again, you know, rest in peace to one of the greats. Yes. And hopefully, I won't have to do another in memory of ending to a show anytime soon because it feels like we've had way too many of those. Mm-hmm. So, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for joining us. Maybe we can get you on again before. You know, this week, you know, you can double up and maybe you can double the king's luck. We'll see. Let's um. Let's see how they do against New Orleans first. Yeah, let's see New Orleans. <laughs> and then we may be back this mm, week. Yeah, you know. If, or I if, may be back. If she's week. not back this week, that probably means the kings have killed her spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've broken her. You know, but I've got nothing to plug. You know where to find me, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram where I am posting new and important things such as the debate between Waffle House and IHOP. What did you say? I said nothing. Yeah, because you know... <laughs> it, it depends on where you are. No, it depends on the time of of the day hey, and your level of surprise. I've had some really good, amazing Waffle House. Were you West sober? Coast dude. Were you yes. sober? Was it after 2 a.m.? No! liar no and i love me some ihop with the smoke um sausage combo the smokehouse combo that is like my my meal right there but 
I've but had some weird waffle house I've had some amazing waffle house experience. Have I had some ratchet waffle house? Yes, I have. But I've had some amazing waffle house experience. The way they throw them slices of cheese around on everything is... is, 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 is now, you have to give better instructions. No. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I, was, I was in Alabama, I think, and... Alabama? Yeah, I was in Alabama for work. DeMarcus Cousins is from Alabama. Oh, okay. No, I, but I was down there for Jamarcus Russell mm-hmm. back in the day, and they thought, you gotta go to a Waffle House. You hungry? Go to a Waffle House. I'm like, oh, I go to a Waffle House? And so I, at this point, I'm at this point, I'm actively trying to get in better shape. But they tell me you can, you got to try this and this. And I'm like, I don't like hash and all that stuff, like hash browns and all that. So I made you the like hash browns. Not not like not like where I gotta have them. Like I'll eat them, but I ain't running nowhere to get no hash browns unless the, until they was to explain to me you got to get it slayed and splayed and all that other stuff, all the other things you do to them. They put the chip, the meat on it and cheese, mm-hmm. you know. But not, neither here nor there. But like I said. I had this rule. I had to eat one salad a day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, asked them, could I get a salad with, on the side with my food? First, they, they like, looked at me like, oh, you must be from California somewhere. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh y'all against vegetables? I didn't know vegetables was a crime here. <laughs> Who asked for a salad? So they gave me, they actually, because it was on the menu. Mm-hmm. I think it was crazy to ask it was on the menu. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I get some cheese on my salad? You know, they turned around, got some cheese that was going on a burger and just dropped it on the salad. I said, ain't this some shit? The hell is this? Why are you asking for a salad? Because I wanted some greens. I wanted some vegetables. That's your fault. No. Damn it. You should be able to. I don't. And you, the 18th person from the South, was like, why are you asking for that? Exactly. Why is it on the menu if I can't Mm -hmm. ask for it? Why it on the menu? Everything on the menu is not the. I haven't had waffles in at least 10, 12 years. I had it in Oklahoma City last time I had it. Mm -hmm. After a Kings game. Had in Atlanta. Good for you. Mm-hmm. So many other options. You went to. Hey. Now that was late at night. I, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> that was my late at night version. Mm-hmm. But in terms of quality of food and variety, IHOP blows Waffle House out the building. It depends on who you ask. It's opinion. No, these are it's facts. Preference. These are facts. Like I said, I people love, who I love IHOP too. People who prefer Waffle House. Anytime before or after the club is closed, probably also eat chitlins. And, I'll eat chitlins. And, but like I said, you also don't prefer, you like, you like Waffle House and like non-post club hours? I, I've had a good Waffle House experience. I have too. Okay. But the fact is. I've had a few. I've had way more everything else. Because mm-hmm. of course we all know that the correct answer to get a good waffle or the best place to get one is, right? Roscoe's. It ain't even either one of them places. True. So, with that being said, you can find that in all my other shenanigans on Instagram as well. My latest, I think my latest one was about being broke and taking you, you take your girl to Little Caesars instead of Caesars Palace in Vegas. So, I know he was talking to somebody else or about somebody else because I know what we not going to do. <laughs> hey, if I if I ain't got no money, I can't take. Like you I said, Vegas. queen of the court. <laughs> Yeah. You still, it's still, it's still royal. Still it's still, it's, it's still royal. Really? Instead of, instead of Caesar's Palace, you get Little Caesars. Now, you can find his shenanigans, Mr. Jones, LPC. Okay, y'all. Well, we're gonna get out of here before I end up getting myself in more trouble over here because I didn't talk bad about Waffle House. If you don't hear me on Wednesday, you know what happened. <laughs>
I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. I'm going to get ready to watch the Kings play the Pelicans while simultaneously checking up on pro wrestling. Y'all know how I do. So y'all have fun out there. Y'all be good. Be safe. Bye.